You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Friday, so it's time for the weekly ref, and this podcast is proudly brought to you by ShareNet.co.za. Refing the week with me this week is Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers in Somerset West, in the Western Cape of the Republic of South Africa. The Republic of South Africa at the moment, Arnu Smith, is bracing itself for a weekend of load shedding. When does yours start in Somerset West? We are on uh, stage two. We're off from two o'clock till till half past four. Um, yeah, so we're getting we're getting used to it by now, I suppose. I think everybody's getting used to it. That um, sort of went away and now it's back. Um, but the, obviously, the problem is that it, it's not it's not really pre-warned, um, and it, just, it seems as though it's announced on the day and then it happens. So yeah. I suppose. Uh, it's, it's like a lot of things in South Africa. You become numbed to it. You become numbed to crime. You become numbed to the fact that economic growth has been sluggish for years and years and years. You get used to the fact that there's corruption. So when another story comes out, you say, oh, well, let's just get on with it. We've also become used to business confidence being at depressed levels. I want you to listen to this. This comes from FMB. They kindly sent me their Economics Weekly just about um, 10 o'clock this morning. And it says the following. The RMBBR Business Confidence Index was released this week. The reading show showed a decline to a disappointing low 28 points during the first quarter of this year. At this level, more than 70% of respondents are not satisfied with prevailing business conditions. This marks the 28th, let me read this again, this marks the 28th consecutive quarter where the index remains below the 50-point neutral mark. Disconcertingly, weakness was evident across all five sectors surveyed. Not good, Arnu. Yeah, not great. Um, and if you, if you combine that with consumer confidence, which is also down and it's probably going down further, and you combine that with retail sales, you know it's it's definitely not a great picture. Um, and uh, if you if you then add to those numbers that we might be looking at the higher inflation if if the rand stays where it is and the, and the oil price stays where it is, and you've got the the ESCOM tariffs that should still kick in. Yeah, look, at, it's it's definitely not the best of uh, times in South Africa. Um, and I think you can also see it in, in the results coming out from most of the big companies. Everybody's struggling, and um, I think everybody's just trying to to, to contain costs at, at this stage and trying to contain the top line. So definitely difficult times. And, you know, you don't want to call it a situation of stagflation, but it feels more and more that we might be heading that way. Yeah, there's, there's very little light at the end of the tunnel at this current stage. Yes, there is. And, th- and th- that was embellished by mining production as well, because I'm just, before we get on to your selected corporate results of the last week, I want to just wrap up the economic releases data. Mining production continues to disappoint. It says here mining production registered its third consecutive contraction, falling 3.3% year on year in January, compared to 4.1% fall in December. Uh, iron ore and gold production fell 28% and 22.5% year on year, respectively. These are Massive numbers. And what disappointed me about the iron ore story is that, of course, iron ore prices have been on the up, but we haven't been able to take advantage because we're producing less. Manufacturing, there was a small rebound in line with expectations of the market. Manufacturing production increased by 0.3%. Whoopee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, this is sluggish, yeah, so, sluggish stuff, but we're used to it. Yeah, no, and no, I think if you want, one needs to be realistic about it as well. If you, I mean, those numbers you you mentioned now, nominal numbers, it doesn't even take into consideration inflation. And I'm talking about the production numbers. Um, if you if you if you measure it in, in in real terms, it looks even worse. You know, obviously because you're subtracting our inflation, it makes sense. It should be worse, and inflation is never a negative number. Um, 
So look at even if you if you take those mining production numbers and, and you just use a simple uh, metals index and you multiply it and and then you multiply it by the currency conversion, that gives you a minus seven percent on a twelve month basis, which isn't great. So, and although mining is not the biggest part of the economy. Well, if you if you take the second round effect of, of mining in terms of employment and so forth and so forth, it, and you you measure the full component, then it definitely is still a big part of the economy, if if not the biggest part, because that feeds into banking, because a lot of those miners probably are, are clients of banks and so forth. Um, but having said that, and you, you touched on it now. Uh, you know, Xara still came out with decent numbers, but, yes. but that's on the back probably of demand from ESCOM. So it's it's again it's on it's a negative factor that's actually helped Xara to deliver better numbers, um, actually very good numbers to be honest, fifty five percent increase in dividends for example, and also increase in price. But demand most definitely for Xara was domestic demand was driven by the ESCOM problems we've seen. So look at it, 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 I suppose there's there's always opportunity in, in, in bad um, situations and Xara has, has obviously caught on to the opportunity in the situation. But if you look at some of the other results, it is atrocious. I mean, it, it, there's, there's nothing really. Okay, really just pick out a couple, if you would. I mean, we're coming to the end of results season now. I know I'm speaking to Sun International on Monday. I haven't looked at the schedule for next week, but we are coming to the end of it. And it has been mixed at best and pretty grim at worst. And so you've spoken about Exaro. Anything that caught your eye on the negative side before we maybe pick out a couple of good ones, if you can find them? So negativity from results. What did you see? Uh, look, I think the most important results that came out and gives you a better perspective on the economy and, and, and as a whole, and, and the corporate environment is, is probably First Rand and APSA. Both of those, not great. First Rand slightly better with the bank FNB, you know, First National doing better, and that they that themselves said that's the star performer within the stable. Vesbank, the local financing, that's only delivered a 1% um, increase, and they're struggling because vehicle sales has, has, has gone down um, dramatically. So if it wasn't for FNB, then the first trend results would have been far worse. So FNB, we all know they're very good at that digitalization of services, and um, they've just gone through 8.1 million, I think, uh, customers, yeah. and they've, they've had an uptick in, in transactions as well. But again... That's one company that does phenomenally well on the banking side, and it's got a big, big market share. So one should expect them to do well. Um, they've done, I think it's 13% more or less on revenue growth or top line growth. But if, if you strip that out, nothing else has really shot out the lights in the first brand. Then if you combine that with APSA, if you look at APSA, APSA used to be part of Barclays. Barclays got shot of APSA or the other way around. Um, I mean, the results was, was actually disappointing. It's 4% and they've, they've already cut some of the staff. You know, and, 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 and then you've got Standard Bank that, that's come out and they're also cutting. Um, so clearly the focus is on cost cutting and, and um, not so much growth because there is very little growth. So, yeah, look, if we don't see a turnaround um, fairly soon, it, it's, it's hard to see how much cost can they really cut. Um, and it's hard to see how earnings can turn around if, if you're at the bottom of cutting costs. So it's not looking great. And it, I think it tells you that the South African economy currently is definitely struggling. There's policy uncertainty. Corporate is not taking risk because it's uncertain. 
So it's, it's, it's remarkable that the market's still trading at current multiples. If one look at economic growth and some of the results that came out, and you look at some of the risks that's, that's on the horizon, um, the election and the possible inflation, and, 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 and. for me, it's, it's very hard to justify the multiple that, that the all share, the index itself is trading on. But having said that, I think it's trading on that multiple purely because of her edge exposure, so the likes of NiceBash and so forth. If, if it was just the local component, the market would have been trading at a much lower uh, multiple. I think the banks are currently back to about a 10 historic PE price earnings multiple, which is probably where they should be given the results. It's a funny market because it happens quite quickly. Uh, we've seen Exaro as well, the result came out and it started running and it, it, it happened quite quickly. The same with banks, but banks from the beginning of this year, they looked better, so they were trading up and now they're back to a 10 multiple. So you've got this volatile market trading up and down. And it's it's very data dependent, and it's it's really over the longer term, it's not going anywhere. And um, yeah, so look, I, I can I, I can assure you, and if you look at the coronation results, and you look at some of the other asset managers as well. It is tough times for people that manage money because the market is slowly grinding, and it's 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 not going. Anywhere. And clients are definitely getting concerned, and I can understand that. Yes, of course they are. And what we're going to do now, I'm getting concerned about the uh, the Skype connection. So we're going to take a quick break. The weekly rep will be back via a landline. So stay with us. You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Welcome back to the Weekly Wrap Part 2. With me is Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers in Somerset West. We've switched from WhatsApp and from Skype now to good old cell phone to cell phone. And we were talking about the results season that is almost finished in South Africa. Arnu, last week there were some, or rather this week, there were some numbers that were at best mixed. One thing that we didn't talk about was trading updates as well. We had a trading update from a company called Famous Brands and the market saw it open 10% weaker and on the day of the release... It was down 5% on the, on the close. It's almost as though, again, I, I will use the word numbed in the first part of the weekly wrap. We've become numbed to big moves to the downside for prominent JSE-listed companies. We've had a couple of them now. We've had Aspen, we've had EOH, we've had... So I suppose after a while you get used to it, like you said. Um, but the problem is going, I mean, the, the update wasn't great. Um, it's to be expected. We saw it from Grain Parade, it's closed, Dunkin' Donuts as well. So look, it's not a great time for for that type of business, I suppose. Um, but yes, it, it does seem as though the market is very volatile, and it takes drastic action on on, on anything that misses expectation or beats expectation to the upside. If it's already to the upside, it's exactly the same. Um, we've just spoken about uh, AVI as well. Office, I mean, AVI is also down considerably in terms of price. But yet it's still trading on a 14 multiple, they're about 14, 16 multiple, which doesn't make it really cheap. Um, and, and I think that that's the problem, you know, that that's the problem. I think if you look at the, a lot of the uh, companies, listed companies, is that they're not as cheap as 2008 and 2009. Um, and I suppose from a local perspective, one could argue we're not very far from 2008, 2009, so the only thing that's probably holding us up is, is, is global growth that's still in place, but slowing down. So if we were to have a big risk from the likes of U.S.-China trade um, trade war, um, which is slightly subsided for now, but if something flares up from there, I think the market might just react to that and we'll see a, 
a bit of a sell-off. Um, and this little rally we've had up until now might actually go away. Um, you know, it's almost a, you don't want to call it that, but it's almost a dead cat bounce type of, of rally, I think, if you look at results. Yeah, this is where we're going to end the weekly wrap now with what you're looking at at Sky Blue. There's a lot of optimism. I recently hosted a series of investment conferences in South Africa, in all the major cities in South Africa, and there was an optimism from the asset managers that I was interviewing on stage. Obviously, it's their job to be optimistic, but they were cautious in their optimism. It wasn't like just throw a dart at a board, as you could have done in March 2009, and five years later, you would have made quite a substantial amount of money. This time, there are selective pockets of optimism, selective pockets mm, of mm. value. What do you see at Sky Blue? That's exactly, I think that, that that's the way I, I would call it in the market as well. And I don't want to be part of the herd, but unfortunately, that is the way it looks. You know, it's, it's not as though you can buy in the full market. It's not as though the market is extremely cheap. It's not as though there's a huge amount of positive economic um, growth or positive economic data. And there's also not positive policy coming out. So I think well, maybe we're not going to see much happening. Um, so there's definitely pockets of opportunity. And uh, there I say that it might be that one, if you manage money, and I'm not saying the, uh, the, the, the normal bloke on the street should do this, but if you manage money and you know what you're doing, it might be that one would have to be more short-term um, than usual. Like I said, so it happens quite quickly. So banks is already been trading down to a 10 multiple. It might be traded a bit lower, and then it might be a, a, a good buying opportunity. Um, but when it goes up to 14, then you might want to sell it because because of the uncertainty. So there's definitely there is pockets of opportunity, um, but you would have to be very, very selective um, and cautious when you take that pockets of opportunity. And I mean, uh, one, one had to admit that cash is still giving you almost double inflation. Um, and uh, so the question should be, uh, if you take risk, uh, is that risk you're taking, is it worthwhile taking, given what you can earn in, in cash? And I think that's what a lot, in, a lot of investors currently is focused on, is that cash um, return that they, they can't, can obtain without taking any risk. Um, well, not market risk, let's put it that right way. An unusual time at the moment. We've had that V-shape recovery, which I keep on going on about in previous podcasts. That was during the month of December. The key now is whether the market says, well, that was just a dead cat V-shape recovery, Anu, or whether it was something that is a sort of precursor to the next leg up for the market. In other words, the S&P 500 going back to the old highs, the All Share Index, the Top 40 Index going back to the old highs as well, or whether, as I said, uh, maybe it's it was a dead cat occurrence and we're going to go down again because, I don't know, I'm, it's a split decision for me. I think the market could go either way, and that's what worries me somewhat. Yeah, look, at this. I think that, that that's what makes it so difficult at this stage. You know, you know, like, like I said previously as well, and I've, we've just had uh, client feedbacks um, up in the northwest, and I told them the same. You know, that it's very easy to manage money. Well, not very easy, but it's easier to manage money if it happens suddenly and it happens quickly and it's a big sell down, and you know the stuff is now very, very cheap and you can start buying. But this, what we've got now is a grinding down over the last three years, five years, and it just seems as though there's no, there's no stopping, you know, it doesn't, because the, as soon as it looks better, then you have, uh, like we had with Ramaphoria, and then all of a sudden it all collapsed again. So it's, 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 it's difficult times. I think a lot of asset managers and uh, professionals that manage money, not only asset managers, stockbrokers and the likes, 
probably are struggling. Um, and and it's, it's not a nice time to go back to clients to, to, to report back. Um, and you have to tell them what, what you've done with their money because it's, it's not been the greatest time to, to manage money. I mean, basically all risky assets have been uh, poor versus cash, and cash has been king for the last three to five years. And that's not a great environment to do marketing for, for any no. investment professional. No, it's not, especially when you have to do it in the dark. Arnu, thank you very much for your time. That was Arnu Smith from Sky Blue Fund Managers, <laughs> and that was the weekly wrap. Proudly brought to you by sharenet.co.za.